We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making this part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz and I will be your host for today. And it is Thursday, July 23rd. And today is a very important and exciting day because for the first time in about, what, three, four months? I It's been so long, I don't even know anymore. But there is, well... Real sports in the sense of what Americans look at. I'm sorry, soccer fans. I know. I, I, I hate to say it. As soon as I started saying real sports are on, I'm like, well, that's not really true because soccer's been back for a little while. But tonight, baseball regular season is starting. So you get actual baseball. And maybe, now, maybe you're not a baseball fan. I'm just excited that, you know, there's sports on again. So, so mark this down real quick before we get into anything. I know Jacob's excited about one of these. So the Yankees are playing the Washington Nationals at 6 o'clock Central Time. And then if you're... Garrett Cole! <laughs> there's, there's Jacob. He's a big Yankees fan, if that hasn't been I've made clear on... i on... to say that. <laughs> so, yes, Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer. And then at 9 o'clock Central, you have the San Francisco Giants playing the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, so... If you're into that, those are both on ESPN. If you're a baseball fan or even if you just want to watch sports, 
Um, I was listening the other night to uh, some local sports radio around here in Green Bay, and they're just talking about how summer has been lacking baseball. Like, you go through summer, and it's just like summer nights are for baseball. So it's nice that it's back. You can watch that. And then, again, just for the idea of sports being back, the NBA starts up again next week. Um, Yes, this is a Packers podcast, and we talk football. But, I mean, let's be real. After what we've gone through for the last four months, any type of sports, I am willing to pretty much uh, sit down, watch, be there for, even if there's no fans. So, baseball tonight, NBA basketball next week. So, we're getting there, slowly but surely. And, um, yeah, something to look forward to. So, if you have ESPN, just, just turn on a baseball game. Just see what it's like. Uh, but needless to say, um, we're here to talk Packers, and today is an important day for the Packers because today rookies are reporting to camp. So a lot of stuff in the news as of late. Obviously, by now, most of you have probably heard um, there is no preseason this year due to COVID. Uh, the NFL has officially canceled all the preseason games. We're going to talk about what that means for the Packers, more specifically for the rookies, uh, as they will not really get any – well, they'll get zero in-game time before week one against the Vikings. Um, there's adjusted rosters at this point, 80-man uh, roster throughout the – I don't even know if we can call it preseason anymore. I guess the the training camp period that we're going to have through all of August. And uh, just a quick side note, uh, most of you probably know by now that the Packers have said with their home games at Lambeau, uh, if you are going to be in attendance, there's a slew of things you have to do. Um, waivers, temperature checks, but they are requiring masks uh, and As of right now, the NFL has said that every stadium is going to require that. So most of you probably, you know, if you're planning on going to a Packer game at Lambeau, yeah, you're going to have to wear a mask. But if you're also going to a Packer game that's not at Lambeau this year, uh, you're also going to have to wear a mask if you want to go. So just a few things to keep you up to date on what is going on uh, within the NFL, how that affects the Packers, how it affects their rosters. the rest of the team reports next Tuesday, and so, but right now, rookies reporting to the stadium today, the facility to do workouts. I, at this point, I'm not exactly sure. I don't even know if, if any of us are exactly sure how, what that's going to look like um, as far as how many people are allowed in a room at one time on the field. Obviously, with rookies, it's not the full roster, so it's smaller, so you might be able to work them all out at the same time, but... Um, Want to welcome in Maggie and Jacob and guys, um, just jumping right into it. Um, you know, Maggie, I want to start with just the idea of no preseason games this fall, which I know a lot of us are really excited about because nobody likes preseason because they don't count. And with the way football is, you have more chances for injury. You know, Aaron Rodgers the last, what, like eight years has played maybe like the full amount of time on the field to a quarter of football in the preseason. Like, it's absurd. And there's it's understandable why he doesn't play, but uh, it doesn't mean that the games still aren't important, especially when talking about rookies. Um, obviously, one of the big ones, you're probably not going to see any of Jordan Love this year unless, you know, there's 
some type of injury to Rodgers, but that was one thing I'm sure a lot of us were looking forward to is being able to see him play in some type of game capacity in which we're like, oh, it doesn't matter that Aaron's not playing because we all understand it's a preseason game, but obviously it affects more than just Jordan Love. But, you know, you're talking about rookies now who they're going to have padded practices. There's supposed to be eight of them before the season starts on September 13th in Minneapolis, but, you know, they're all coming in dry, and the reality is, is like, yeah, they've played college football, but, I mean, it doesn't take much to realize that there's a, there's a big difference between playing even at the top level of college football and playing in the NFL. So what is this going to mean for someone like A.J. Dillon, who will probably contribute at some point this year, um, what capacity and what does that mean with no preseason games? Does that delay him in any way of seeing action on the field, you know, in the early part of the season? I don't really think so. I think that I'm probably in like a very small minority that actually really enjoys preseason games. Um, like if I'm going to watch a regular season game, I like to be at Lambeau. Um, I, it's a lot, you know, more passionate and you're invested in the overall outcome. But when it's the actual preseason, I am so meticulous and I feel like I'm watching every single snap for, you know, personnel who's on the field. How are they looking? And I don't know, maybe this is a humble brag, but I got every year I like to try and guess uh, the 53-man roster. And last year I got 52 out of 53. So it's always like a fun game to see how close I can get um, based on my own personal evaluations from the preseason. So the fact that we don't have that this year and we're kind of just waiting to hear, um, you know, from the press conferences or, um, you know, the few reporters that get to actually be uh, at Lambeau interviewing players, uh, it's going to be a lot different to kind of get a sense of who the standout rookies are because there's always one or two that impress in training camp. You always, you know, it was Raven Green a couple of years ago. There's always undrafted guys that make a name for themselves in the training camp open practices that we get to hear about. So kind of how that communication comes is going to look a lot different. Um, but I, I don't really think from like a developmental standpoint, it'll do too much for the players because I think that most of them would tell you that they value the reps in practice every day more than the preseason. Like the preseason gives them a little bit of in-game experience and a chance to maybe audition. I think that'll be honestly the biggest issue here is if you get cut by your team, you don't have that footage now that's available for the rest of the NFL to say, Hey, come sign me. It didn't work out here, but it works out elsewhere. And I think that, you know, that is probably going to be what shakes up these rosters so significantly is the fact that, if you don't latch on to your team, it's going to be a lot harder now to get re-signed uh, because nobody's getting to watch you outside of the few coaches that are already in, um, you know, the Don Hudson Center. Right. Well, and I got to ask real quick. So you got 52 out of 53. Who'd you get wrong? Uh, Justin McRae, because I interviewed him and I could not leave him off my list. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, Jacob, so when we talk about, you know, one of the other things that's that's been affected by this is you go down from – in in training camp from a 90-man roster this year to an 80-man roster. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, the, the roster sizes are expanded for this season, and I, you guys got to help me out. I don't I honestly off the top of my head know what the official number is going into the season, but, um, you know, smaller roster sizes, does that matter to – I'm looking more maybe at the undrafted free agents. Um, 
you know, uh, undrafted rookie free agents, excuse me. But, uh, you know, what does a smaller roster size other than the obvious of, yeah, well, gee, there's 10 less players, you know, on the team throughout camp. Uh, does that make any type of a difference, especially for the undrafted rookie free agents? It can help. And if you want to go the positive spin on it and that, you know, you're not buried behind, you know, that, that's 10 less guys that you have to worry about making it through, if you will. So instead of having to cut, Let's see, how quick can I do math? 37 guys. They only have to cut 27 guys to get to 53. Um, you know, so there's there's that aspect to it. But my guy Owen Reese talks about this all the time, how these preseason games, you know, the fan doesn't care about preseason games because we want to watch Aaron Rodgers throwing touchdown passes to Devontae Adams. And I understand that. But Maggie hit that right on the head of there's now guys, Alan Lazard, who had that film footage and could have gone and signed with a practice squad of another team. Or... It doesn't even really matter. Player XYZ now latching onto a team is even harder. We're talking about the killing of dreams of, I mean, 10 players times 32 teams already. That's 320 players before the season even starts or before training camp even starts. Those dreams are, are gone because those guys, the 10 guys who get cut, those are guys that they're, they're probably not going to latch on somewhere else. Or if they do, you know, somebody else is going to get cut and all that stuff that goes into everything. So it's an odd situation. It's an unfortunate situation. If you, like I said, if you want it to be positive, there's fewer players that are going to be, that you have to beat out. If you're somebody like Tipa Galea, who I know is a popular undrafted free agent name. Uh, But for, you know, the random running back on the roster, that's hoping to make the, make the back end of the roster or do something in training camp that, that kind of Jake Kumaro has made a roster because of what he's done in the preseason uh, a few years ago, it was miles white. Uh, I remember Deandre Burrell. You guys remember all them great wide receivers. The Packers had in the preseason that were going to change the entire game. Uh, Michael Clark, shout out to Zach Jacobson is another example. Somebody <laughs> Do I dare that. mention so, Jeff Janice. Our Lord and savior Janice Christ is, a, <laughs> is another really good example of doing stuff in the preseason and making the roster because of that. And really, what those games are for is regardless, yes, there is a difference between facing Quentin Nelson as a guard versus facing backup roster fodder that you're facing in the preseason. However, getting those reps and getting used to the NFL speed starts slowing the game down for some of these guys. And that's where the preseason helps. That's where the preseason provides value. Is it valuable for the starters? No, but I think you've seen – there is a disconnect within the players between the guys at the top of the roster and the guys that are fighting to make the team. We saw that during the collective bargaining agreement where guys like Aaron Rodgers and Richard Sherman were very vocal about how this is a bad deal. And some guys towards the bottom of the roster were like, Hey man, that's a pretty good deal for me. It's hard to get guys to focus outside of where they're at. And I understand that, that too, but Aaron Rodgers has been very vocal about the uselessness of preseason games, but for him, that's probably true for someone like Jordan love or all the way down to again, Tipa Galea or some of those receivers like Tio Redding or anybody backup offensive lineman, John Runyon guys that haven't played in the NFL before it helps get a game under their belt. Another example I can give is I listened to uh, Golick and Wingo, and I was listening to Mike Golick, and Mike Golick talked about how when he was playing, he needed at least a game under his belt. I needed to hit somebody else that wasn't on my team before playing. So 
I think there's value to it. It's unfortunate. I think it's the the correct decision in the current climate that we're in to pare that down. Uh, but but it is unfortunate that it's worked out this way because now, like I mentioned, that's 320 players that are already without a job. Well, and then Maggie, so one of the things I heard uh, the other day on, I believe it was um, the game out of Milwaukee, they were talking about uh, what no preseason means for Jordan Love. We've hit on it, but one of the things that they were really talking about um, was the fact that obviously this this regular season, you're pretty much hoping that he's not playing because if he's playing during the regular season, that means something has happened to Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, we're not at that point yet. Um, and so, but, you know, the lack of him not being able to get those in-game reps means that he is only at this point, if everything goes according to plan of him not having to play, uh, he's not going to see anything outside of his own practice for a full season, which means, you know, does, you know, you look at, you know, I know, I know a lot of fans don't want to talk about it now, but the reality is, is Green Bay drafted him to be the quarterback of the future. And so are, are we looking at – is there any concern that he's basically losing a year of any potential – I mean, obviously there's going to be some growth. He's going to learn the playbook. He's going to learn from Aaron Rodgers. But he's just going to be practicing. He's never really going to have any type of a pass rush coming at him because he won't be playing in preseason. And again, if everything goes according to plan, he's not going to play in the regular season. And so is there any concern that he might be, quote-unquote, losing a season of partial development? Yeah, I have that concern for all those guys. Um, I didn't know if you directed that at Maggie or me or not, so I'm sorry if I missed that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have the concern for all those guys, not just Jordan Love, but, I mean, Jordan Love specifically because, like you mentioned, he plays the game's most important position. He does have some raw nature to his game. Uh, Andy Herman, even though he was just talking smack about me on Twitter and said I was – you know, we had a knowledgeable team and myself, which I didn't say was <laughs> inaccurate, but – it's still hurtful, Andy. So um, anyways, Andy did something really good on Jordan Love's game tape from 2018 and 2019 on stuff that he noticed over at Packer Report. And I learned a lot about him from there, but there are things in his game that he's going to have to make mistakes to learn from them. And those are things that they're low leverage mistakes. If he throws an interception in a preseason game, it's not a big deal because obviously it's a teachable moment and it doesn't cost the team anything. Whereas, yeah, if it's a divisional game against the Vikings late in the season and he, he happens to be playing and throws an interception that costs the team the game, now we're talking about high-leverage mistakes that cost people. But, yeah, with Love, I think you have that concern in general. And That's not to say he won't pan out. Uh, ultimately, I think if he was going to pan out or not, losing a preseason shouldn't be a deterrent of that. Um, but, I mean, there is some concern on that that he essentially loses an entire – month of development of gameplay see now i'm gonna take it the flip side and just like i think that yes he loses the opportunity to play against you know other defenses and other schemes and things like that but to me this is one of the best situations he can find himself in from the standpoint that he's going to be breaking down a lot of film with rogers like they'll be in the room together he'll be doing that Uh, But the scout team reps now will become especially important to him because, you know, this will be a coaching staff that says, okay, now we have to prepare for this. 
Um, this week, we need you to try and replicate X. So the way that theoretically as QB2, he'll be leading the scout team. I think that'll be pretty significant for his development. So even though he won't have the live reps during the preseason to kind of acclimate, he'll have a lot of his own film on tape that he can study based on how he, you know, dictated the scouting team and like how he handled um, some of those reps and those pressures. Um, So I think yes and no, like, you know, obviously we all want to see what he looks like in preseason and we want to get a good sense for like where we think he's at, but um, giving him that full year to just really be like a, a student of the game and study his film and work on his mechanics behind Rogers. Um, I think that's, what's going to make the next year's preseason even more interesting now, because, you know, what we've seen from college, theoretically, the next time we get a glimpse at who he is, will be after a year in the NFL, having hopefully never played it down. So the growth that we should be able to assess by next preseason should be pretty significant. All right. Well, lastly, before we wrap up here, we've talked about, you know, everything going on with the Packers, rookies reporting today, the rest of the team reporting next Tuesday. Real quickly, I know I kind of um, kind of asked about this already, but I'll ask both of you real quick here. Um, moving forward, the lack of the preseason, is there a rookie on the team besides Jordan Love? Because we pretty much just we, – we've established that he's obviously losing a significant portion of growth just by not being able to play in preseason. But is there another rookie on this team that you feel is – heavily impacted by the loss of preseason is there maggie is there any rookie that you can think of in green bay besides jordan love right now that like not necessarily that it's going to be problematic for them but that it's kind of you know gee i really you know we really wish this rookie would be able to get some type of reps before the season starts He's not really a roster lock at this point anyway, so maybe it's not significant for the team, but it's significant for him. Um, Vernon Scott is the first player that came to mind for me because, you know, the preseason is when, as, you know, a defensive back, that's when you want to make a name for yourself, right? Like, if you get a pick, that's really significant in the preseason. So, you know, unless he's showing flashes in training camp, maybe he picks off Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love or Tim Boyle. Um, those kind of reps to me are pretty significant um, for someone who's playing in uh, the secondary as opposed to, you know, like a John Runyon or somebody who's going to be blocking um, Jonathan Garvin. These guys will be taking reps against each other. So, you know, I don't know if it'll hinder his um, – he's not really like an A.J. Dillon where you know for sure he's going to make the team anyway. But I think to me the secondary is always something that I really watch for come preseason to see – um, that development beyond uh, just, you know, the reps in practice. All right. And Jacob, anyone that comes to mind to you outside of Jordan Love that, again, you know, might not necessarily be, you know, overly bad and necessarily maybe a roster spot, but just somebody that you're looking at that you're like, hey, man, you know, those those four preseason games would have helped them going into the season? Yeah, the three offensive linemen that they drafted in the later rounds, I think, is something because the game is just – very different from from college to pro uh hands are more violent players are faster players are quicker and and the offensive line is a position that i mean it's tough in general a lot of players you hear talking david bakhtiari is a perfect example if you guys look at david bakhtiari's body when he was a baby a rookie (laughs) compared to now where he's a grown-ass man i mean 
just the transformation of the NFL body. And we hear about it and it sounds cliche, but it really is true. There's a lot of strength and conditioning stuff and learning how to play the offensive line at a level um, where it's, where it's a high level position. And there are guys like that. I mean, we're talking about maybe not a hundred percent, but I mean, there is a world that exists where John Runyon is the team starting right guard or right tackle in 2021. And Jake Hansen is the team starting center in 2021. Now, like I said, is that likely? Maybe not, but there is a possibility that those guys are red shirting, if you will, because they're not preferred starters this year, but become preferred starters just one year from now losing that time of development. Because again, now those guys aren't preferred starters. And honestly, Hanson's probably not a referred, preferred backup with Lucas Patrick on the roster to play center. And with Lane Taylor on the roster, John Runyon, probably not a preferred backup uh, unless he surprises everybody and has the ability to play tackle at the NFL level. But that seems to be the common thought is that his best fit is at guard. So with the group that they have, I think those are the guys that you're talking about uh, losing a little bit in terms of uh, development. All right. Well, no doubt. Well, um, obviously preseason going to look a lot different this year than it has in years past, but good news is they're reporting today and the rest of the team, you know, provided everything goes according to plan, they'll be there next week. Um, and football is here for the time being. So that's very exciting. Make sure that you stay tuned here each and every day to, you know, get your updates on what the hell is going on in camp, given the fact that, you know, there's not going to be, like ESPN's not going to be covering the Packers necessarily on TV every day. You might have to come here, go to Twitter. Uh, but make sure you're here to stay up to date on everything going on in training camp leading up to September 13th where Green Bay starts the season in Minnesota uh, playing the Vikings. So um, real quickly, I don't want to take any more of Maggie and Jacob's time because I know Maggie's very excited to go order her pizza that she's been talking about. But we thought we would end the show in a very fun manner. Um, talking very briefly about pizza. So, Maggie, got to know, um, first of all, where are you ordering pizza from? Well, nobody's going to know where it is because it's a little place in Kenosha. But Kenosha, Wisconsin has some of the best um, Italian food and pizza because we have a very large Italian community. So, really good pizza. Um, but so people don't think that I'm just always talking about food. Uh, my husband is a type 1 diabetic, so we don't often get carbs. So it's very exciting for me when I get to order pizza and not make cauliflower pizza. All right. And now, <laughs> so then the obvious follow-up question is, what kind of toppings do you have on your pizza? Oh, we like, I mean, like loaded. I mean, supreme, whatever. The more toppings I can put on my pizza, the better. All right. And then... Uh, Jacob, you got any questions for Maggie about her pizza choices? Does pineapple belong on it? Hell yeah. Okay. Mark will agree with me, except now he doesn't eat pineapple for reasons. So. Right. <laughs> uh, Jacob, I, I assume that you don't agree with that that statement. Uh, it's kind of we're just kind of the polar opposites in general. Uh, I like as not as few toppings as possible, but yeah, I limit my my topping usage for for pizza. Maybe it's just that I'm deprived of toppings. So That could be, yeah. I understand that, too. All right. Well, Jacob, I mean, your pizza of choice would be what? Stuffed, uh, if I can choose. Um, I believe I got in trouble for talking about pizza on uh, this show once because 
Perry yelled at me because I said Chicago style was better than New York. But you're not just wrong. so you know. Oh, no, I don't care. Uh, edible <laughs> is my favorite kind of pizza, if we're being honest. It's it's one of the five main food groups. They just don't teach that in school. So uh, it is my mission to get that on the food pyramid as soon as I can. See, I'm very disappointed that we don't have Owen here to be able to talk about pizza as well. But Yeah, maybe next time we do a food show that I'll have to get him on here. We could talk about macaroni and cheese and four sides minimum and all that different stuff that, that goes through everything. All right, well, so, okay, so here's a real quick question for both of you because I've never understood this. I've seen it a lot with people. Ranch on pizza? Yes, no, yay, nay? It's not the worst thing. I wouldn't choose to do it, but I really like ranch dressing on a lot of stuff. It's because we're in the Midwest. Like kids used to do it at my high school, and I felt like it's it's Wisconsin. It's the mm-hmm. it's the, uh, the Midwest in us. It's a culture thing for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess I don't know. I've never been a ranch on pizza person, so I've always just been like pizza's good enough <laughs> as it is. Like you don't need you, like you shouldn't. It's kind of it's a little bit like steak. If it's done right, you really shouldn't have to add anything to it. So. Um, that's, that's always been my interpretation of pizza. Um, but if you like ranch on your pizza, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just saying I've never understood it. So, um, all right. Well, with that, Maggie, we'll let you go so you can order your pizza. I know you're very excited about it, but, um, uh, real quickly though, before we wrap up, I like to do this every week, Maggie, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that? All right, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for She Said TV. I also podcast with the wonderful Perry Goldstein uh, for Packs What She Said. And now you can catch me and Perry every Monday doing a live show on YouTube uh, for Game On Wisconsin called Happy Hour. So join us every Monday, grab a beer, ask us questions. It's a blast. I have to say, Jacob, I'm so sorry. The second that I threw that out there, I realized that this week I should have started with you. Uh, But, Jacob, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How do they do that? Yeah, no need to start with me. I am a no man, no woman is more important than the team. So my team does the work for me. So happy to have Maggie, Perry, and a host, about 25 people over at Game On Wisconsin. Our beautiful creation came to be on Monday morning with our trailer that we worked on for way too many hours. Thank you to the person who made that. And thank you to Erin, who has been killing it on our social media team. She is at game on WI. That is our Twitter handle. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff coming through there. There's been articles. We've got our debut last night of Lombardi's bar hosted by fellow pack a dayer, Dan Kotnick, uh, Jimmy Christensen and new rookie Todd Barney. We'll be doing that every week. And, of course, uh, you can find me over at Packer Report for anything I write. So between Game On and Packer Report and all that other stuff, I don't think I've slept in about two weeks. But it's been absolutely worth it. Oh, also, please follow Jacob Westendorf's mom on Twitter because she is amazing. And she'll talk about football with you. And she loves Game On Wisconsin. And she loves Blake. And Tom Brady. My mom loves Tom Brady. So make sure you talk to her about Tom Brady. All right, there you go. I I won't add my Tom Brady comments to this, but uh, uh, I agree with your mom. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, ben, uh, it's been really fun doing this as uh, as we continue to go through everything. Um, stay tuned right here as the football season is what like forty 
40, 45 50 days, days away. from today. 50 days from today. Thank oh. you, Jacob, as someone that did their math and homework, unlike the host whose job it is to do that type of thing. So thank you for having my back on that. I am here to cover up your weaknesses. Which, Think of it as like... Which, if you can't tell by listening from this show, is pretty much everything. Um, but, yes, again, thank you for, for taking one for the team on with that, Jacob. But uh, So uh, make sure you check out Game On Wisconsin. Um, great stuff over there as well, but stay tuned right here to Pack-A-Day Podcast throughout the rest of the preseason, if, we, if we're even calling it that, without preseason games for all of your Packer content. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.